Welcome to Technado. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Technado. I'm one of your three hosts, Sophie Goodwin. Before we get started, I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this podcast, ACI Learning, the people behind IT Pro. If you want to get a discount on your IT Pro membership, remember you can use that code Technado30. Once again, I'm Sophie, and I'm not alone here. In fact, we have a special guest with us this week, Mr. Ronnie Wong. How are you doing today, Ronnie? Uh, I am well. Once again, thank you for uh, inviting me back after the previous debacle. I thought I would not be here. I don't think I witnessed the previous debacle. Be I don't thankful. think I was I was be not thankful. present for it. Yeah, be here now. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you can repeat it this week for me? Debacle? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure to help us in that debacle, Daniel, how are you doing? As always. I'm just wondering how Ronnie got all that pasta out of his shorts <laughs> after the previous debacle. <laughs> it took a while. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it did. It was a uh, was a disaster to say the least, but uh, an interesting phenomenon to witness. It took carb loading to a whole new level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, Mamma Mia. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the spaghetti incident uh, <laughs> will forever be referred to as. The spaghetti Wait, incident of 2023. Yeah, we just get into like Italian accents here just by yeah. accident. Hey. hey. <laughs> I did watch The Equalizer 3 this weekend. Like an Italian movie? And he was in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Spoiler. No, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, yeah. That's it's a the, twist at the end. You didn't know until the end. <laughs> you all, think... <laughs> why are all these American Bostonians speaking Italian? <laughs> you think he's in Little Italy the yeah. whole time. No, no. <laughs> Sicily. It zooms out at the end. <laughs> yeah. Sicily. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we are already off track. We haven't even gotten into the first article, which is exactly how we purpose. like it. Yeah. That's, that is just how we like it. So we'll go ahead and jump in. Uh, I... Uh, I may have had more of a heavy hand this week in selecting the articles, so just so you know, it's going to be special. Uh, this first article comes to us from Ars Technica. Rebuilt Microsoft Teams app promises twice the speed and half the RAM usage. So I saw quite a few things pop up about this this week, and as a regular Teams user, I thought, well, this seems relevant. So I'm curious if y'all think that this, this it says it's rebuilt basically from the ground up. How do you think this is going to affect uh, Teams users? Well, I'm, I'm thinking more of like the impetus behind this, or like, the, the team's team, you know, the team, uh, the project manager probably got together in a room with him and said, all right, so we're, we're looking at teams. I'm thinking we should do it again <laughs> and not suck so bad this time, right? Because we, we've had a few complaints. <laughs> yep. What can we do to increase the speed, right? And as Microsoft typically does, they like to Call the beta test their alpha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then have people complain and then go, oh, yeah, we can fix yeah. that. Uh, but yeah. and, and let's think about it, right? The, the reality is, right, Slack is kind of the big, right. you know, the 800-pound uh, gorilla in, yep. in that space of what we're doing, of what Teams does and what Slack does. And they needed to get up to speed really quickly to try and do some type of parity feature that we actually do see between Slack and yeah. what Teams was. So they relied on Electron. And the Electron app itself in the background, right, it takes up a ton of RAM. So, of course, you know, it probably just got started and then it started snowballing as more and more people started onboarding into Teams. And then they realized something, well, that, that kind of really sucks up a ton of RAM usage. So they had to find some replacement at some point uh, that was going to give them what they needed. And also, of course, eating up more RAM means speed goes down, everything. So after a while, you'd have that too. So they instead uh, decided to abandon, probably not the right word, they decided to, to change and <laughs> like do they dropped else. it off on yeah. the side of the road. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what Free it sounds puppy. like, right? They're like, hey, we're no longer using Electron in the background. We're using their, what is it, the Edge Web View 2 in the back end, okay. which is supposed to be based off the Edge browser, whereas uh, Electron was based off of the Google browser, right. right? So every time you actually are opening something in Electron, it's like opening two or three Google browsers at the same time. And so it just keeps eating up more. And according to them, this is going to fix it. Now, what I don't understand is that they're saying, hey, they, they rewrote it with that promise of running faster, regardless of whether it's Windows or Mac. But Mac doesn't have in the background that edge to hmm. browser. So like, how are they pulling this off? Yeah. Maybe they did some tweaks and stuff to the regular Electron-based Maybe it's not yeah. like fully abandoned. You know, yeah. they still send it a check once a month or something. So I checked on mine because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder what this update does. And then when I open mine up, it still says it's Electron in the background. So yeah. So on the on the Mac, it may be that they're holding on to that Electron until they figure it out. Right. 
or they're going to do something like what you were talking about, doing some type of tweak that makes it better. Hmm. I, I, for one, will be happy to see because my teams uh, that I, I do run it in a browser-based, I don't install the clients just because I don't want to have that headache of of that. Yeah. Um, you know, more more software. I already have software installed that runs it, so why install more software that runs it? Anyway, <laughs> right? So I, I, I hope to see because... Eh, and maybe some of it's my own fault. Maybe it's a self-inflicted wound where I, I don't really, it doesn't update very often and it doesn't update very well. And then if you're doing intensive things like, like a team's call, a meeting that can, you can start to hear the Harrier jump jet action start to occur. <laughs> Fans going, you're like, wow, why, why is this? And, you know, it's all the encryptions and the, and the, you know, video processing that's occurring. It starts to cook things up. So I'm, I'd be interested to seeing how, much more performant my system does actually get due to this update. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key, right, is that people go along, they'll start giving more and more feedback to it that will, of course, make it better. But at the very beginning here, they're essentially just saying, all right, we're 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 kind of changing everything. And so Windows users will actually experience that more because I think it actually happened as of yesterday is when they actually said gotcha. everything is going over. But I think you started seeing some of the updates even in the past. And I've heard about this inside of our company where people said, did you get the new Teams update? I was like, no. And I said, it's terrible, you know, or whatever yeah. it is, right? And then you keep hearing about, like, I'm going to roll it back, and so we'll actually see what this next one does for us. Have we, has anybody seen numbers on this thing? Like, it says that they're promising twice the speed and half the RAM. Uh, is that just, like, a, a, you know, a generous estimation on what we're looking at, or is it going to be more like, you know, twice the RAM and half the speed? Yeah. <laughs> well, anything is better, right? Because it, it – well, I say that. I shouldn't say that because somebody's going to write down. Yeah. You know nothing, and it's true uh, overall. No one disagrees with this statement. The Electron 2, right? It is like opening multiple, you know, instances of Chrome at the same time. So if you're running Teams, you're essentially opening that. Then if you open up another little window, you're running it again. Mm -hmm. If you go and say you now have like four or five of those, right, to individual team members, each one of those is essentially a Chrome browser running in the background and eating up more and more RAM. So if this Edge 2 does it differently where it doesn't do that, yeah. at least we know the RAM usage should go down Well, and if they and if, the performance. Yeah, and if up. they do see those hits, I, and by the way, we should totally keep an eye out for uh, benchmarks, you know, because there's yeah. a lot of like YouTube channels and stuff that will uh, do benchmarks. Uh, if they do get that level of performance, would, would that mean that, well, obviously Electron is old and busted, <laughs> and you know the edge thing is the new hotness, and yeah. everybody needs to switch over to that because you get much more performant. I mean, yeah, honestly, I'm like if that happens, I'm like, yes, I want more things in. What what's it called again? The edge, edge two, edge two, edge web two, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. And I'm looking right at Some the article. Some weird and I can't Microsoft thing. Edge, edge web view web two. Yeah. Web view two. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> oh. uh, so yeah, I want my stuff in edge web view two. Whoa. Apparently, nope. I forgot to turn off my Unacceptable. Oh, man. No wonder. Rookie mistake. Yeah. I am useless. You should no. have like a hat of shame that we make him wear when that happens. So I'm like partly deaf, so that's why it's so yeah. loud. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the weird thing is Electron, and it's probably one of the more controversial apps that are out there yeah. because it does eat up so much of the resources on the computer system. But here's the thing. It provides weird functionality that we don't think about. So they can build one app like Teams and they can actually build it to go on Windows and on a Mac, hmm. right? Without having to actually right. go to each platform. Because everything runs Electron, yeah. yeah. So everything runs Electron. So that probably was one of the reasons why they chose it at the beginning. It's like, oh, we have app, you know, Mac users, we have Windows users. This has to run on both. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not a bad thing except this performance idea. So you'll probably still see a lot of development inside of that. I'm uh, sure. What I don't want to say is, it's so terrible. Nobody should ever use it. Yeah. So, WebView too. <laughs> I'm not the only one who's got the. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna. <laughs> now we're all like, hey, everything is new. I know, right? <laughs> I love just. I know this isn't really. It's not like technically sound necessarily, but I love looking at the comments yep. on these oh, because yeah, there's all like fun. I could look at something and be like, oh, okay, you know, could be good or bad, and people have such strong oh, opinions. Yeah 
in the con- like like oh, they're right. threatening to kill people's mothers or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's religious wars every day. It really day. is. Yeah. So there was somebody that was talking about how they used WebEx for years and they finally moved to Teams. And I'm I'm a fan of Teams, especially on mobile. And somebody was yeah. like, Yeah, in related news, microwave leftover chicken nuggets are more enjoyable <laughs> than broken glass salad with lemon one. juice dressing. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my god, they how do you are come creative, up with that? aren't they? It's like yeah, the Shakespeare of yeah. comments yeah, here yeah. Yeah. on this that's, article. That's a good one. That yeah, is it's kind of weird, right? It kind of it's kind of like taunting you to leave a review and you can't up, you know, can yeah. you up that one and then you're yeah. like, I really can't. Oh, I, yeah. I can. I just uh, probably get canceled. <laughs> yeah. No oh, doubt. Well, what else is new? Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's always my favorite part of these is just like I like to look at what other people think no, instead I, of, you know. It's a good thing, right? Because you do find out like there's always two sides to whatever is being mm-hmm. presented there and somebody will support it and then somebody will not like it. And it's up to us to investigate more. Like That's you were saying, it's say. sometimes like, you know how you, you said uh, you'll hear about the update before it actually happens yep. to you. And so you just kind of dread it because you hear how bad it is. Yeah. So that's happened <laughs> to me several times here. Like Don will mention like, oh, just see what they did to teams. And I'm like, what did they do to teams? <laughs> so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I haven't paid much attention to its performance this week. I haven't been using it much. So I wonder if it'll uh, make any discernible difference, at least for me. I don't know. So anyway. They've added smallpox to teams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. It's better than polio. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Well, so, so like with most and most end users, which I'm not going to be able to say for one reason or another, probably nobody cares uh, you know, in the reality, right? It's only when they complain that something right. is worth, then right. it's like, well, yeah, the squ- maybe. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. Mm-hmm. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. So that's probably what happened here. Yeah. If it's not a noticeable difference, nobody's going yeah. to care much about it. This is a good point. Well, anyway, so yeah, if you're a Teams user, congratulations or sorry that happened to you. <laughs> I've, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and move on because I know Teams isn't exactly our favorite topic. Uh, this article comes to us from CSO Online. It says Google and Yahoo announced new email authentication requirements for 2024. So apparently this, uh, any, any bulk email senders, they're going to be required to authenticate, strongly authenticate emails um, following like certain best practices. So I'm, I would imagine this is a good development, right? It, it really is, right? Because email itself is not secure. You know, somebody can spoof, you know, an email domain, can, can spoof an email address, you name it. Because I, I think one of the first things that I, I think I remember learning in terms of hacking was actually spoofing an email address from, if I remember right, from Telnet or something. I don't remember what that. Uh, yeah, you, you would use um, uh, Telnet to basically, so send mail, the system that sends yeah. mail. <laughs> Aptly named, right? <laughs> or SMTP, right? The Simple Mail Transfer Protocol is really what we're talking about. SendMail is a um, is a, a software platform that allows you to use uh, SMTP to mm-hmm. send emails. Huh? SendMail is very popular, uh, but it's not the only game in town. You would take Telnet, you would log into port 25, and because email is meant to send, it's not really something that's blocked or has yeah. a lot of security around because I'm just sending email. It was open. The port mm-hmm. would be, you know, so if you mm-hmm. found a, a, an email server, you could log in. You could still do this, honestly, and with a Telnet client, and then start throwing commands at it. Right? Mm-hmm. We typically do this automatically yeah. via an application. Right. Right. So when you say I want to send an email, you fill out who it goes to and your message body and your uh, subject line and all that fun stuff, and your client kind of wraps all that stuff up into a package. And sends that via commands under the hood, like through an API, to your SMTP server, and the SMTP server receives it and sends that message along if it can. Right. Well, like to Ronnie's point, you can log in with Telnet and start throwing SMTP commands <laughs> at it, and it'll go, "Hey, that's SMTP commands. I know that." Yeah. Right. This is how this is how stuff works. It's fun, and you can say, "Well, I want to send a, a, an email from." bgates at microsoft.com. It goes, cool, your sender name is bgates at microsoft.com. It doesn't know any better. It just assumes that what you said is right. The sending is what it cares about, right? Because it's sending. If, if I need to know that I can send to this person. So you would give it a valid email address, and that's a great way to do user enumeration for a domain, is to say, hey, I want to send to Bob at XYZ Corp. And it goes, hey, that's a good sender address. Or you know, error, no sender. You go, cool, Bob at XYZ course does not exist. Or, hey, I got me a good username. Let me write that down. Right? So, so it was a good way to enumerate that. And then I could spoof email addresses. Hey, Bill Gates sent me an email <laughs> saying, you know, he's going to pay me $2 million to help him, you know, whatever, siphon yeah. funds from a Nigerian prince yeah. or whatever <laughs> the case is. Right? So email spoofing 
And now we have, we live in the day of like BEC and business email compromise and stuff like that. Email spoofing is still mm-hmm. quite a big deal. True. So, yeah. So using yeah. a system that was widely designed to make communication happen easily, easily <laughs> uh, of course, then people started taking advantage of it that mm-hmm. way. There have been systems out there for a long time, and the ones that they mentioned in this article, the DMARC, the uh, SP, DKIM. D, yeah, DKIM, SPF, I always yeah, say SPF. policy framework, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always say it backwards, <laughs> which is kind of like, I think, the sunscreen thing, if yeah. I remember right. Uh, SPF is the sunscreen yeah. thing. Yeah, so SPF is, yeah. is the sunscreen, yeah. yeah. Oh, it it's is? A, it's okay. a rating. Yeah. Okay, so, right? so there you go. Yeah, they're I, locked in a legal battle over yeah. it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these systems have been around for a while, but mm. they're complicated to set up. They... Well, if you ever tried to type like the stuff in, yeah, and you don't type it in right, it, it doesn't work. And so where you go is your uh, DNS registrar, and you have all this stuff that you have to type in exactly the way that they specify it. And when they send it to you like an email, like, "Hey, here's the stuff you need to do," it's the lines are always broken up, and yeah. you're never sure like, is there is there a dash or is there a space? Is there something in between there? Yeah. So it really has to be very specific in, in the way that it works here. Mm. So these things, they actually are set up to provide better security. So you can't spoof the domain. You can't right. do well, all these other with things. With like too. sender policy framework, right? right. That's the, like your gateway drug into yeah. email security mm-hmm. where you, you basically say, these are the domains that I trust, right? If it doesn't come from this domain... And of course, all, DNS is working under the hood to help you identify whether or not someone's lying to you about what domain they're coming from, yeah. right? And then it goes, "Cool, that's a good domain." Or, "I hey, man, I don't, I don't really know yeah. you, yeah. so no, yeah. <laughs> right?" And then so that stops that. And then you, of course, you can get into like DKIM and DMARC, and start pulling the ideas of using certificates. Yep. And oh, th- this is this is digitally signed and. Oh, look at yeah. all this stuff. That, like, there's more authentication mm-hmm. behind what's going on instead of just, hey, I'm an email. Yeah. yeah. Look, look at my name tag. Yeah. yeah. It says email on it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of them valid. I can't remember which one off the top of my head. One of them validates essentially the integrity of the message, right. right? And then the other one, like you were talking about, really provides that basic security. And then the other one actually says both of these are supposed to work together. Yeah. So all this has been around for a long time. Now Google and Yahoo, according to this, they're going to require it, which is probably a good mm. thing overall. And for businesses, it should be done. But if you don't have someone that's really good in email, they might it type could be it a in. bit of a slog. It, it's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. slog. And then when you set it up wrong, somebody tells you immediately, like, "No, that's not right. You got to do We're it not again." Getting emails from our number one, yeah. you know, and uh, that's what can happen. Customer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they have to be set up in an order. They have to be, you know, and when you take a look at in the registrar. It does look a bit confusing, so I'll 100% admit when they said yeah. it's a little bit complicated. Yeah, I would say it's not fun to yeah. set yeah. up at yeah. all. But if you you get yourself a heck of a little skill there, yep. if you get good at doing that, mm-hmm. so I mean you could yeah. you could build this in a home lab, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be if you're new to that and you don't want to like jump into the deep end of the pool quite yet, stand up a test network <laughs> and start playing with this and make sure all that stuff will work. And that's a great skill to have in your your toolkit there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a good one to practice on a production network no, right away. No, 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 no. Uh, but Don't it, start it, there. But <laughs> I'm not saying you can't do it. It's like putting a little leaguer in with MLB players. <laughs> yeah. like, like, he seems yeah. to be struggling. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, for those of you that already know how to do this, like, it's easy. I get it. But like me, I struggled through the first time I set this up. Yeah. And then finally I got it right. But it did take me a while before I made sure like everything was exactly the way that it needed to be. I don't even have to try it to know I would struggle. So yeah, you know, I can just assume that that's how it would be. It also said that uh, bulk senders are required now to enable uneasy subscription, which just, I mean, I know it's mm. not its not the main focus of the article, but as an end user, it's like, great. Because yes. yes. I get emails so often, and it's like, I don't remember ever signing up for this. And you try to unsubscribe, and it's like, there's no link. Or there'll yeah. be a link at the bottom that's like, do you need help? Yeah. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I can unsubscribe, or am I going to click that, and it's going to take me to some bogus website? So anyway, it's a pain in the in the rear. But I, think, and, uh, I think you make a great point there, right? For for most people that go, I only receive emails, what's the big deal? It should um, tamp down the volume of these senders like what you're talking about that you're not really saying is a trusted uh, one that I want to receive anything from. So, yeah. Well, now that we have password managers, you can just create a new email address for everything you <laughs> everything. sign up for. Right? <laughs> That's true. I mean, some yeah. I, I, it, it has happened. I, yeah. There are people that do it. I have like this just 10 different inboxes. Yeah. Uh, that's 10. where all my Netflix email goes. Try a hundred. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, because you get a password manager, yeah. it just saves the login. Yeah. So if you need to check the email for 
you know, signing up for Netflix and other things. You just go to your my Netflix underscore eight nine seven or whatever you created this nomenclature for and check your email. Isn't there something you can do where you just add like a plus sign to your regular email or something like that? You add something uh, on the I end. I think some of them do have some those. Do have yeah. that. And then it's still your inbox, but it's, it's like it's like a subdomain okay. host. Interesting. I know that's that's not the point. Yeah. You know. Right. Sort of relevant, semi-relevant. Anyway, so this we'll take is, it. Yeah, yeah, we'll take. <laughs> you're lucky to get something judges, like that out of me. Yeah. The judges will allow it. <laughs> so that's uh, that's good news then. Yeah. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear. We actually have a we've got a guest in house this week that suggested this article. So thanks yeah. to Charles no, for that. Cool. Great article. Because um, it, it slipped by me. I did not know this was happening. So mm-hmm. cool beans. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to one of my favorite topics. Uh, we we talked about that. I guess it's kind of Dejan news, but it is. you know, it's an unofficial Dejan news segment. Uh, we talked about this a couple months ago when when Don was out because the cat's away, the mice will play. Even though the mice play when the cat's here, anyway. Yeah, yeah we're stupid mice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't uh, we don't really think yeah. it through. But um, but this is more in uh, it's in gaming and I guess kind of legal. Uh, but I don't know if y'all remember there was a big lawsuit going on and Microsoft was trying to acquire Activision and they were having to get approval from all these different places all over the world. And so finally, now this Friday, Friday the thirteenth, spooky. Uh, supposedly, they are finally going to reach a decision. Uh, they're waiting on a decision from the Competitions and Markets Authority on this merger. Uh, so this article comes from Capacity Media. It says, CMA decision on Microsoft and Activision merger imminent. Uh, it's a 67, 68, $75 billion actually. So that's updated. $75 billion merger. So it's huge. I oh, mean, sorry. like- $75 billion. Dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like yeah. the biggest in tech that history. That is huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's giant. So uh, Activision, obviously, you know, the people behind Call of Duty and various and sundry yeah. other games you that Call you may know. No Warcraft and stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah. And Candy Crush. And yeah. yeah. You know, Candy Crush. You guys yeah. remember? And they talked about how much they loved Candy Crush last time. So so anyway, I just thought this was interesting because um, we did talk about this a couple months ago. And, and it's been ongoing for almost two years now. They've been trying to kind of get this wrapped up. And they were supposed to reach a decision back in July. There was some self-imposed deadline that if they didn't meet it, Microsoft was going to have to pay. I don't know if they did. It kind of just seems like they kept pushing back the deadline. Supposedly this Friday is the day, and and who knows that that may change. But uh, but given that it has to kind of do with gaming and things, I know there's probably some overlap between folks that listen to the podcast and folks that enjoy gaming. Figured that would be a nice little update to provide. I don't know if y'all were following this case at all. So I, I haven't really followed it too much uh, as far as what the original announcement I did, but like this one on the backup that now they're saying that it's going to come to the decision. It's the stuff in between that to me was actually really interesting is that it came to that point where once the CMA made this decision that they were going to investigate it further, then all of the back and forth between the other companies like Activision and Microsoft and all the other things that they started saying about it brought so much pressure that the CMA, the Competition to Market Authority, brought in a third, like an independent investigation Mm -hmm. company to verify whether or not this is something that should go forward so they're waiting to hear back on that. I'm assuming between today and tomorrow, and then they're going to issue a, a you know their final decision Friday at this point. So there's so much going on to bear in that big of a market where 75 billion dollars has potential of unlimited income into the future. That it's kind of interesting that they literally all of the parties just kind of kept pushing and pushing to like somebody independent needs to make this because you're not doing it based off of what's really objective. Mm. And so Microsoft was pushing that, and Activision was probably doing the same thing in the background uh, to the fact that the biggest quote here that they list in this article, in an interview with BBC, uh, Brad Smith, Microsoft uh, president uh, over in Europe, I guess, said yesterday, probably the darkest day in our four decades in Britain <laughs> that, oh, know. okay. So the, like the Luftwaffe <laughs> wasn't less than the darkest day. Well, for their know. company. Yeah. Like, right. Like, yeah. I, I feel like there were darker days. Yeah. That's uh, just me. And if you, you know, when, when they're talking about that, they're, they were issuing statements like, Hey, this, this makes the, the European union more friendly towards this. Whereas making Britain kind of less friendly towards marketplace and, so they really did. They put that put that pressure on to the point where that department, whatever it is, yeah. the authority, had to actually go third party. They have to look over this and then you know give us a recommendation or a decision here. Well, I mean, a seventy five billion dollar deal is kind of a kind of a big. It's, it's probably a good idea to get some other people involved yeah. that yeah. have no vested interest. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I looked it up while while Ronnie was mm-hmm. musing, and um, this deal 
is bigger than the GDP of yeah. Sri Lanka, yeah. Ghana, <laughs> Belarus, Uruguay. Like a whole laundry list. Like yeah. it would be number seventy-five on the list of. Mm-hmm. Hold on, bigger than the economy. Hundred and seventy-seven of... countries. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I can see that. This deal is bigger than set, like that many countries. Like yeah. that's that's crazy amounts of money. Last time I had looked at this, it was, I mean, obviously it was ongoing and it was a big deal because it was still, I mean, it was obviously a high amount of money. And now it's it's gotten to the point where it's got its own Wikipedia page, specifically mm-hmm. this acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. Because I was looking, I'm like, oh, let me see if I can find anything else on it. And it's got its own Wiki page. So if, you, if you're curious as to how this all kind of has been playing out since January 18th, 2022, so almost two years ago, uh, there is a whole Wikipedia page on it with background and history and a whole list of all the countries, all the uh, commerce bodies that have had to approve it. Saudi Arabia, Ukraine, China, yeah. there's like, I don't know, a dozen or 20 of them there. I can't count. I'm not here to do math. But yeah, so so this has kind of been ongoing and uh, it's all going to come down to now this this UK uh, commerce body. All that's I gonna... care to know is, is will my Call of Duty experience be more immersive, more realistic, and have more uh, purchasables that's they're all, all going to talk in that's British all accents. That matters. That's yeah. the only change. Yeah, they're now Call of Duty's all SAS. And <laughs> all the, well, some yeah. of them, yeah, some of yeah. them kind of do. Or SBS. Whatever. Mission failed. We'll get them next time. They kind of already yeah. have that that cadence. So, yeah, that's the only change. I'm sure it'll. I mean, I think that part of the reason that they were that there was a lot of kind of turmoil about this in the first place is because they were worried like, well, Microsoft's getting too powerful. They're getting yeah. too big. They can't acquire Activision. Activision's one of the biggest company. You know, they're behind one of the biggest games that exists. And then they were worried that it was going to mean that. If Microsoft acquired Activision, is Call of Duty now not going to be available on other if anything platforms? Anything we love, it's a good tech oligopoly. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to use the word oligopoly today. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was our our buzzword of the day. So That's Daniel's right. going to win a prize. <laughs> so yeah, some fun little legal news. You can't use fun and legal in the same sentence. Yeah. But yeah, that's our I don't know Law and Order segment for the day. Deja news segment for the mm-hmm. day. Hit the doink doink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never heard the it described order, that way. Yeah, yeah. There yeah used to be a commercial for yeah. Law and Order, and they were asking the actors about the sound, and they called it the doink doink. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I feel like I hear that as like a cartoon bouncing ball. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> yeah, what that I sounds like. Describe to me. it as doink doink. It's no, like myself. a dun dun. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Okay. But yeah, look up that on YouTube, and you'll see it. You learn something new every day. Interesting. That probably was before my time. But anyway, uh, yeah. so not to depress you, but yes, that probably I probably missed the boat on that you're one. You're like 12, 13? Yeah. 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 Almost. Almost. Close to being a teenager. A yeah. She's, Coming up on my she's birthday. A tween. <laughs> Mom said I get my first cell phone if I can, what? If I make you're all A's. Grown up now. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just selfishly wanted to squeeze that in there, that uh, that whole update. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out on Friday and if they do actually reach a decision or if they push it out for another several months. Um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, we've been talking for a while, so we will go ahead and take a quick break. But don't worry, we'll be right back with more Technado and more security news. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back. We're here with more Technado talking about some security articles coming up. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast and if you are watching on YouTube, I'd love if you guys left a comment uh, kind of talking about some of the first stuff that we went over. What do you think about this whole CMA approval of the Microsoft acquisition? What do you think about the new Teams app? Anything that you've got a lovely little opinion on, we would love to hear about it. We love hearing from y'all. And maybe we'll talk about it on the show next week. Who knows? We just have to wait. So anyway, we'll go ahead and jump into our uh, our security news. We got a couple good articles for y'all today. This first one comes to us from Security Intelligence. Uh, it says X Force uncovers global Netscaler gateway credential harvesting campaign, which is a mouthful. So uh, there's some details as, as to the uh, the specifics of of this issue here. Um, Daniel, you're kind of our resident security guy. I'd be curious to to kind of hear you break this down or, or what you think of it. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> that no, one. no, no, yes. Uh, we can t- we can talk about this a little bit because it is an interesting thing. Uh, it, it looks like there's been uh, 600 unique victim IP addresses hosting the modified Netscaler Gateway login page, which is really the 
the, the beginning of a, a larger attack that can be leveraged against these CVEs for Citrix. Citrix has, has, has got a problem. And they fixed it. Don't worry. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, you know, spoiler alert, update your Citrix device <laughs> if this is happening. But let me give you a little bit of detail about this. So what's what's av- available to uh, certain attackers out there is they discovered that these Citrix Netscaler ADC gateways are they have a flaw. They have a couple of flaws, actually. If I read the security bulletin, it says Citrix ADC and Citrix Gateway Security Bulletin for CVEs 2023-3519, and 3467. says multiple vulnerabilities have been discovered in Netscaler ADC, which is an application deployment. Oh, I'm horrible with this. It is controller application yep. delivery controller. That's, that's what I'm looking for. And uh, what ends up happening is you can do a few things. We've got a nice cross-site scripting, reflected. Mm, who doesn't love that? It's a nice little cherry on top of this cake. We also have a privileged escalation to root administrator. That's, that's yeah. not bueno, yeah, but that's a privesc, good. right? And then here's the real fun one. This is the one we're all here for. <laughs> Unauthenticated remote code execution. Uh. That gets a CVSS score of... What is it? 9.8 on the on the CVSS score <laughs> Out of a 10? There. Out of a 10. Yes, that's out of a 10. Oh. Well, good job, Ronnie. Yes. yes. I kind of figured that one won? out. Yeah. Yes, he has won horrible data breaches for everyone that has this. Right? This says the appliance must be configured as a gateway, a VPN, a virtual server, ICA proxy, CVPN, RDP proxy, or a AAA virtual server. Okay, so if you have <laughs> any of those, if this is what if that sounds familiar to you, you're gonna want to do something now, and that is update your device because, well, yeah, remote code execution unauthenticated. By the way, don't forget that part. That's always my favorite. When that's on the front of it, you mean I don't have to have a login? Nope, you sure don't. Now, what ends up happening is they use this a little snafu in the Citrix uh, system here to basically steal credentials. And once they have credentials, now they can log into the device. And from there they start adding code and doing all sorts of bad stuff. Now, ultimately the big thing is, is that we want to bring to the forefront is that if you are running these devices, the Citrix, I cannot say Citrix to save my life. (laughs) They really need to change their name to something, you know, that you can pronounce. That you can pronounce. That's that's just the thing. Uh, Netscaler ADC, or if you have an, uh, a Citrix gateway or AAA server, please take a moment. Hit if you're watching this recorded, hit pause. If you're live, just you know cry for a second and, and run to the server closet and do some updating. You need to do updates. Updates are available, mm-hmm. and that's where we're at. And really, what I wanted to kind of bring to the forefront here with this article is that big companies like Citrix, they have security flaws. Microsoft mm-hmm. has security flaws. Yep. Apple has security flaws. Everybody has security flaws, and you need to stay on top of this. Every now and then, those security flaws are pretty horrible, like this one right here, <laughs> where you have unauthenticated RCEs. Mm, that's bad. That's real bad. We don't like that because it can lead to further compromise down the road and theft of credentials. And, of course, no one ever reuses their passwords for any other thing, I'm sure. So that's not really an issue. Hint, hint, facetiousness alert. That people absolutely reuse passwords. So you need to change passwords, do that rotation, and get these updates. But here we are with just another big company with a with a major flaw and a major system and could lead to worse and worse compromise down the road. And it can come from the fact that, A, you know, no one's perfect. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't fault them for not being perfect. Right. I want right. I want to make that clear. I think I'm I've been a big proponent throughout the history of my tenure on Technado of unless you were just what's the word I'm looking for, Ronnie? Uh negligent. Yeah. Like, negligent would be a good word. Egregiously negligent in, in your coding practices, you're not doing security at all. Like these things are gonna happen. Right. But now the onus is on us to get out there and make sure we do our updates. I can't tell you how many pen testers and security people I've talked to, and they're like yeah, there was they didn't update, and there was a major flaw in some technology stack they were using, and I was easily able to compromise them via that. 
right? That happens a lot. So don't be don't be on Technado next week because <laughs> you didn't update your Citrix, right? Yeah, you're uh, uh, system. ADC. And, and, right. And now, you know, British Airways is uh, <laughs> three million uh, wow. da- you know, records breached in a data mm-hmm. breach. That that's that's not what we want, right? So that that's the whole purpose of this and how the chain of events. I put the technical article in here and not necessarily like a, a hacker news or bleeping computer yeah. article. So that you can see how this thing kind of does. It's going to have your IOCs in there. It's going to have all the the telltale signs and that technical information for your tech team to be able to kind of go, hey, we run Citrix, Netscaler, mm-hmm. ADC, and we have it set up as a gateway or we have a AAA server. We need to fix this. All that information is going to be in the article that we're using today. So that you can kind of walk through, see what that looks like, set up systems to see, have I been compromised already? Start looking for that stuff. You know, do your threat hunting and do your mitigations. So... So to, to me, one of the most interesting things about this, because as severe as it is, mm. it's what <clears throat> triggered them to start looking for it, mm. which is that they were actually, they identified it through an incident response engagement where the client had discovered the script after investigating reports of slow authentication. So it just, so my phone said, this is taking too long to log in. They issued a support ticket and somehow that, that led somebody to say, hey, what do you mean that you saw a script running here or what happened? And that's what exposed this thing, which is pretty cool to me. Yeah, that, that's that super They were cool. able to to go slow login. Let's, and you said you found a script running during that slow login? Yeah. Dang. That's, this isn't my normal login amount yeah. of time. What's going <laughs> well, on here? I hate to say it. When I have a slow login, I'm doing something else, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm just logging on. I just assume that <laughs> yeah. that's... So, you know, computers suck. They hate me. <laughs> yeah, but at least somebody paid attention here, it's which true. led to, to this discovery. No doubt. Yeah. I think even if I was paying extra attention during a slow login, I don't know that I would have, un- I, it would not know. have led to uncovering something like this. It right. would have just, this is really slow. Oh, there it goes. Like it, it would yeah. not yeah. have been, you know. Well, I'm, it just goes to show you like anything off normal, you see yeah. something, say something, yeah. right? Like bring it up, go, hey, that was a little odd. And then check for consistency, like, Log out and try to log back in and see if does it take long again. Maybe wait an, you know, maybe not wait an hour, but you know, wait a little mm-hmm. bit of time to see. Maybe there's just a lot of network traffic. Try to look for that consistency and then go, hmm, this is taking a little yeah. bit longer than normal. I wonder why that is. And then call the help desk. And I, I, I listen, I've been on a help desk and I know help desk people can get like cynical and jaded yeah. really quickly because users will call you over the dumbest things. Right, things that are completely useless, and it gives us fatigue over like, right. I gotta answer the phone. Oh, it's the, it's this person again, and I know they're gonna have some ridiculous <laughs> thing. They they bought a toaster and they want me to help them set it up. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not what we do here. I, I'm not Oster <laughs> uh, or whatever Sunbeam who, who makes toasters. Why call their help desk? Yeah, and and you I think this- I'm kidding. Yeah. I literally have people call me like, I bought a vacuum today. I'm like, what do you, what do you want me to do about it? Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. good for you. Yeah, fill out the warranty like card. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot help you with your vacuum today. Yeah. But I think if, and this is just from me talking on this, if, if I were on the help desk, and somebody either sent a ticket in or yeah. called on email, like, this is logging in really slowly. I don't know how serious I would have taken that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. You know, But once they actually put like, they, they think they saw a script running, I probably should have raised a flag. Yeah. 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 I'd have been like, what made you think a script was running? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like scripts usually run in the background. <laughs> yeah. Did something pop up? Like, yeah. well, what are we talking about here? I yeah. just, it was a, it was JavaScript. They're using yeah. JavaScript. So maybe there was a pop-up or maybe there was mm-hmm. something that kind of alerted them, or maybe they were just enough tech savvy to open up developer tools and, yeah, and kind of like inspect elements and go, hmm, what is that script tag yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. That's a little interesting. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's a lot of um, a lot of technical details and kind of specifics in this article. If mm-hmm. you want to go and look, it's uh, Security Intelligence is the website. Uh, and, of course, the, the title's up there on the screen. So if you want to go look deeper into some of that and kind of, you know, if, if you're worried, mm-hmm. uh, you can go check that out and uh, kind of see what's going on there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, but yeah, definitely a, a lot of good information. And it's interesting to hear y'all talk about it from your perspective. Because, like, like I said, I'm the kind of person that would be like, oh, slow login. Eh. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of good to, to see that sometimes there's more than meets the eye with this stuff. Uh, moving on, we've got, of course, a lot a lot of uh, security news in addition to this. This article comes to us from the Hacker News. It says, Looney Tunables, new Linux flaw enables privilege escalation on major distributions. And they've got the Linux penguin up there as the picture, which is Tux. such a happy little picture for a... Uh, his name is Tux. His what? name is Tux? He yeah. has a name? Yeah. 
That's yeah, so cute. Maybe. He's like a little. He's like a little Webkins. Oh, I right. hope Tux is doing well at life. Not being a great uh, Linux user myself, what is Looney Tunables? Looney Tunables. So it is called Looney Tunables because it is a a privilege escalation vector uh-huh. in most Linux distributions. Okay. That is pretty not good. Yeah. Right now, it has a CVSS score of seven point eight, so not nearly as bad <laughs> as. That unauthenticated, unauthenticated RCE that we saw with Citrix, but still pretty darn bad. Yeah, it's right? still pretty So high. if you have some access as an attacker, <clears throat> you now pretty much have almost invariably in a lot of ways, depending on the systems, uh, a quick way to the mountaintop and have that root capabilities. It's funny, you know, I was listening to some hackers the, uh, this weekend and they were talking about how a lot of times they don't actually go for root. They, because no. whatever they they're maybe they're they're probably are just after the database. So as long as they had database creds that gave them access to the database, that they were happy with that. But sometimes it is nice to be able to bust that root privilege and get that full access, access. to the entire system, be able to do whatever they want for X, Y, and Z reasons, usually setting up botnets and things of that nature. But with this one, this affects the glibc tunables environmental variable. Okay. So You'll probably aware most of what you see on your Linux system in the kernel, it's written in C, and there is this thing called libc, right? And it's library functions that allow your system to do X, Y, or Z. Now, these are almost invariably set off to the side, run in privileged mode, and you don't really have anything to do with it. It just does what it needs to do, and cool. You can call this, if you're writing your own program, you could call those functions and bring them in, they're there for you if you need them. But for the system, that's what they're there for. They, they're the, the under-the-hood things that do under-the-hood thing stuff. But, you know, some Weisenheimer <laughs> developer went, you know what? It would be nice if we gave the user mm. some access to this because maybe they want to tweak and tune. Therefore, we'll call it a tunable. You can tune your libc functions, and that will be helpful for you. Awesome. And we'll we'll stick it in an environmental variable. So if you need to make those changes, you just update that environmental variable, which if you work in a Linux system, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, things like path and env uh, are very familiar to you, hopefully. If not, check that stuff out. It's very useful to Linux users to be able to say, this is what I want to be able to do. This is how I want my system to kind of operate. And I, as the end user, have some power over that. Well, they gave them power over this. And unfortunately, it led to a buffer overflow yeah. of the system. And through that buffer overflow, as we know, eventually, because you're able to control what's getting executed, you can put your own code in that executable space with a buffer overflow. And from there, Katie bar the doors. <laughs> it's just have a good time. Boy, we, we, we beat the brakes off of this thing. We do whatever we want. Like, hey, give me a root shell. Ooh. And ultimately, that's that's what a lot of the uh, proof of concept code that I've seen uh, floating around the internet. Now, the reason this is a, a a big deal, Linux systems are fairly popular in the server space. Mm-hmm. Also, IoT. Good news is there's an update. Just like the Citrix thing, there's an update for this. You can update, and you are now you know quote unquote you're safe from this. Now, you might not be safe from other things, but you're safe from this, right? But what about those Linux systems that are out there? that aren't easily updated and yet are critical to your Mm -hmm. infrastructure. So this is why you need to be aware of this. Now, cool thing is, is if you look at the article, it talks about um, which environments. uh, So they talk about vulnerability impacts major Linux distros like Fedora 37 and 38, Ubuntu 2204 and 2304, uh, Debian 12 and 13, although other distributions are likely to be vulnerable and exploitable. One notable exception, Alpine Linux. You're doing it right, mm-hmm. Alpine Linux, because they don't use the same library, the dynamic the Glibc's dynamic loader. They use the Musil library, uh, Libc library instead, which is not vulnerable to this. Mm-hmm. So if you are running Alpine Linux, breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> Sit back and laugh at everybody that's running Fedora. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure your day is coming as well. Yeah, it's a game of cat and mouse. For it's only yeah, a matter of yeah, time. It's just it a, is. That's what's up. <laughs> so there you go. This this is a big deal because there's a lot of the, I mean, Fedora, Ubuntu, right, Debian. These are major distros that are affected by this. So you, you got to get on your patch cycle pretty quickly on this one. 
Yeah, I, I think that as I'm reading through the article, it, it talks about this really being the latest addition to a growing list of privilege, privilege escalation flaws that have now been discovered. And so I, I don't think that's going away, right? The very fact is people are going to keep discovering these things. Oh, and, yeah. And then Linux is going to be, you know, one of those where every week we're going to start seeing something. Well, when you, when you have a yeah. large open source code base. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Right? It's going to happen. Now, no, and good news is a lot of this gets discovered by security researchers yep. mm. and responsibly disclosed and patches are, are sent mm-hmm. out. So that's good news. But remember, it goes right back to what we talked about in the first security article with Citrix. Yeah. The onus is now on us as right. the sysadmins, as the administrators of these systems to do our due diligence yep. and make sure that we, A, are aware of it, and B, we're doing something about it. We're yep. not just sitting there. And you're like, okay, what if I got an IoT device that I can't update? Well, start looking for a replacement yeah. maybe or putting yeah. firewalls in front, using secondary security controls around it to protect it until you can do some sort of in-place upgrade. Right. You can't just go, oh, well. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do when these things happen? Yeah, you tell that to a judge and see how well they, <laughs> they find it. You know, Oh, yeah, that's a good legal argument. By the way, you. <laughs> Here comes the judgment <laughs> that you don't like. <laughs> it's interesting to see. Maybe it's just the nature of the way that the security news has gone this week. Yeah. But it feels so far like what we've <clears throat> what we've talked about. It's almost like a. Like you're sitting at a news desk and you're like, these are things happening and here's what you need to do to prepare at home. Yes. Like it's it's very much like, hey, yikes, you should probably be worried. Let's go fix. And not in like a sensationalist way, but le- like a legitimate way. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a serious problem as opposed to like, oh, you know, there was some there was some email addresses that got leaked. It's like I lo- not that that's not a good right. thing, but um, but it's just interesting <laughs> that it's uh, it seems like the news is a little more serious this week. Well, you know, it's uh, we, we focus a lot on data breaches and things yeah. of that nature, right? Because they're sensation, they are sensational, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, these move it tra- and transfer and blah 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 that we that we take a look at, um, and they, they are big news, mm-hmm. and that's why we cover it. And it's, it is important for people to know that their data has been breached. But these are the kind of things. It's articles like this that help us go. Well, no one's been breached yet. Let's right. keep it that way. Be proactive. Right? right. We can be a little proactive and know, hey, these are some big uh, vulnerabilities that are out there this week that very well may affect a few of our, our, our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Maybe they haven't yet, but they might. Right. So here's so, here's kind of what you can do. To- this is this is this is your security threat feed. Yeah. Right. Technado can be a part of that. I want it to be a part of that. Let's make that the title. Here's yeah. Security threat for this, for this week's yeah, episode. For this week. Yeah. <laughs> So a couple of things that we talked about so far, it's, you know, hey, this might end up being a problem. Here's what you can do. This next article, I, I wonder if it's like it's already become a problem. Mm. Uh, this comes to us from Bleeping Computer, and it says, uh, if I can get the title to show up, it says, hundreds of malicious Python packages found stealing sensitive data. So already, the stealing of the sensitive data is is happening. Uh, seems an interesting way to phrase that sentence. It's, th- this data is already being stolen. So is this is the point of this to kind of like, hey, this might be happening to you. Here's what you can do to stop it kind of a thing? Correct. Okay. Again, we're trying to be as proactive as, po- as possible. These things happen. Obviously, with our first two articles, we have things that uh, I think were, well, there, there. I think there was some attack chains that were happening as far as the Citrix things uh, that occurred. But with this one, definitely attacks have been used. Th- this is not new news. Mm-hmm. That this has occurred. I think we actually talked about this a last in, in, in a roundabout way, either last week or the week before when Justin was on. Um, but when you use public repositories of open source software, anybody can upload things into these repositories. And that's what's happening here. Right. So our article says hundreds of malicious Python packages found stealing sensitive data. They also do things like I, I, I typically see this kind of pop up with crypto. People, you download something from things like uh, PyPy, right? And it's malicious. It looks legit. It, it, it sounds legit. It may actually do legit things, but it also does not legit things, right? Like mm-hmm. start a crypto miner and send money back or steal your crypto and send it to a different wallet and then it starts getting laundered and, and so on and so forth, right? So... With this article, let's just kind of talk about some of the the big details about that, and then we'll go to the philosophy behind why this article is important, right? So it says that um, hundreds of info-stealing packages that counted about 75,000 downloads have uh, this past half year have been planted in open-source platforms, okay? Uh, This campaign has been monitored since early April, 
uh, analysts at Checkmark's supply chain security team discovered 272 packages with code for stealing sensitive data from targeted systems. 272 packages. That That's what they found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There might be others that they did not find, right? Um, the attacks have evolved significantly since they have been first identified. Again, going after uh, crypto uh, and data as well, but crypto is always a, a big one. And then they go into some detail about how you can spot these things yourself. So if you are downloading, and maybe we should wait till let, let's get to the philosophy of this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, why this is important. Why do I care, Daniel? Why does, why, well, because if you are developing line of business software for your environment or you use software that utilizes open source packages, they may be compromised. You don't know, right? You have to do your security research on the tools that you are using for your environment. And the fact that a lot of people tend to reach out to these repositories for useful code, and it is useful. Did they do their security before they implemented something? That's a question you need to ask. Mm-hmm. And if you look at just about any security course or certification or whatever, and they start talking about fundamental security practices, it is third party that that will most likely be on there. Is uh, have you uh, third party um, um, checking? Like, did you check to see if these third parties are doing security as mm-hmm. well as your first party and second party? That's that's where you got to go. You can't just stop the rabbit hole at, at your own front door. You got to kind of keep going and check for everything that's coming through your door, right? Because once it enters your gates, it's in. And uh, this is definitely happening on a wide scale. And this isn't just, uh, you know, you can think of like Google Play Store. It doesn't happen as much with Apple App Store, but it does from time to time happen there as well. These third-party cloud providers, like it doesn't matter where it comes from. This is just one instance of this that's occurring. Check that code. It's open source. All you got to do is look. And that bring, kind of brings us back to the article. I don't know how far you guys got to read these articles. I know I, I submitted them a little lately in the day. I was dealing with anyway. Um, <laughs> is that there's some telltale signs a lot of times, right? Does it check to see if it's in a sandbox? Is it? Does it check to see if you if you look at an open source package and one of the things it's doing is, hey, am I in a virtual machine? Whoa, ding, 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 ding. That's a that's a red flag right there. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily indicative of whether or not it's malware, but you're putting that on a list of, okay, this checks to see if it's sandbox. Yeah. If the next thing it does is delete itself after it checks that, <laughs> like if you see an if statement that says, if sandbox equals yes, then rm-r, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of yep. my own self, that's bad, right? Because it's like, oh, no, we're going to get busted, mm-hmm. right? So those are kind of things that are there. Uh, does it check for antivirus that's running? Does it start doing all these different checks? Does it start looking for credentials? Does it start checking browser history? Look and see if those things are happening. Yes, that requires some analysis of the tools and time and effort, which is what makes this really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. But good news, people like check marks, they're out there helping you fight this fight. So again, threat feeds are important. Making sure that you have good intelligence coming in and you are checking that and you are staying on top of that and seeing what are the big threats out there. And if I'm implementing anything that uses any of these third parties, maybe I want to have a little look-see under the hood of what's going on in my network. Yeah, I think we're also starting to see, at least from people like Checkmarks, which is a great you know, company that is doing what they did here, is that they're recognizing that these attacks are not staying static, right? That they're continuing to evolve and they're actually even telling you like, you know, it may not appear in the same way that we actually saw here. You might see more obfuscation uh, uh, layers that they're talking about, even more detection evading techniques that they're talking about that they're also seeing using the same basic uh, coding that you know in terms of these packages, so they're they're allowing us to actually see that hey, that is changing. We're changing. You also need to go beyond like what you were saying here to ensure that you're not just looking for oh oh yeah I have that package I'm not going to use it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about some of the things you can look for to kind of indicate like if mm-hmm. this is malicious or not. And one of they had mentioned that uh, the init pi file is that how you would say that. I N I T underscore P Y. I don't know if there's a special way you would say that. I that, read that. That's as, just a that's just a code. Um, right. I just didn't know if that's it sounded to me like in it like a British Python. Oh no, it's um, not British but, Python. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it had talked about like oh it, it only loads after it checks that it's running on a right. target system as right. opposed to a virtualized environment. That's a typical sign. That is a yeah. sign. something to look right. for. 
Um, and then the, the things that it targets, right? Antivirus tools and credentials and mm -hmm. cryptocurrency wallet apps and things like that. I thought it was interesting. One of the things that it targets is Minecraft and Roblox user yeah. data. Yeah. And I know it's kind of a stupid thing to hyper fixate on, but it just, I see stuff like that in these articles sometimes that I'm like, oh, as just like a, a somebody that maybe isn't as super well-versed in the, like the, the specific technical stuff that, that comes with this, seeing stuff like that, I'm like, Minecraft and Roblox. <laughs> Yeah, I play Minecraft. Uh, we just hit real close to home. Yeah. yeah. There. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. No, like now, I'm worried. You yeah. Know? Well, I, what's funny is, is like if this gets installed on a, you know, like on a, on a server system, or maybe this is um, something for mobile devices or, or whatever. It's like, are you checking for Minecraft and Roblox? Yeah. Do you have credit card information uh, associated mm -hmm. with those devices? Do you have user data associated with that? Like when and where you play uh, those those games collect a lot of information yeah. about you, yeah. right? So. This is this is the security mindset that you have to have. Like everything is going to increase my attack surface. Mm -hmm. Everything I install on my phone, everything I install on my my devices, I have to worry about. I'm now responsible for doing updates and checking for threat intelligence about those things. Mm -hmm. If I'm not, I might miss something. And that's mm -hmm. what the attackers are hoping for. And that's why they start casting wider and wider nets, using better obfuscation tools, mm -hmm. using better techniques so that you don't catch them. And they're yeah. going to get yeah. something out of you. And I, I think that this system has been out so, say so long since April. It's not very long. Yeah. But the way that it's evolved, right, goes beyond. We think Minecraft and Roblox is is back, and you're like, what the heck are they looking for? But here, as you go on the next paragraph, right, uh, the malware can take screenshots and still individual files from compromised systems, mm. desktop pictures, documents, music, videos, download directories. The victim's clipboard is also monitored for cryptocurrency addresses. Malware swaps them with the attacker's address to divert payments. Right, so it's like a man in the middle attack yeah, I mean, right there. It, yeah. it's, it's like, so when we think, oh, here's here's the criteria we're looking for, we haven't even hit the scope of what we think. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so crazy what these uh, once you once you let that in the gate, right? Yeah. Once they're beyond beyond your wall, yeah. the things they can do is is basically anything they want. Yeah, at that point, and that's why it's so nightmarish that. To think that, oh no, I, I just, and all I did was, you know, a pip install. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get this thing to work because I made this really cool app. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like finding a squatter in your house. Yeah. What do you mean you're trying all my clothes? Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> what I was expecting there. Well, yeah, I've been living that. in your closet for the last <laughs> six months. <laughs> I wonder why all the orange juice was drank in the morning. <laughs> you have these in a medium by any yeah, chance? Where are all the eggs going? <laughs> At nine bucks a carton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's the surprise of yeah. something like that where you're like, I thought they were just stealing like, you know, my email or something. No, you realize yeah. screenshots. Yeah. Uh, they're getting into your clipboard and, you know, yeah. finding out like stuff you copied and pasted. And Fun fact, I know someone who found someone living in their closet. Oh, God. Wow. They had, for months, they had no idea they were there. God, that's terrifying. Yeah. I've also heard of people like finding people living in their attic. Yeah. So your garage door, about like that. they'll sneak in yeah. when you're... As your garage yeah. doors open, they'll climb up in the attic and they'll just like homeless people will live there. Yeah. But I don't and have an attic. And because you have access to your indoor, the door into yeah. your house, they just waltz right yeah. in and eat your food. Yeah. See, people think I'm crazy. Watch for your TV. Checking every room <laughs> yeah. in my house when I come home and no, locking no, all my you doors. You put a sensor on the inside door as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. I lock my bathroom door and everything. Yeah. Like, even though it's, you know, my front door is locked, but you got an alarm never system? be too careful. Uh, I live in an apartment, so I do not. Oh, bummer. I should probably. You can get one. You get like ring and stuff I like that. I probably shouldn't right? have yeah, said yeah. that. On. Yeah. 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 I don't have an alarm so system. So what time are you normally home? <laughs> I got weapons. So stay away. No. <laughs> He's got a cane corso sitting right yeah, at the door. Right. Yeah. I keep yeah. a bat on my bed. That's all the security she needs. <laughs> I do have a golf club sitting yeah. behind me. I don't know how, oh, much, yeah. that, how much good that would do me. Yeah. It's not really yeah. a... I'm just going to catch it and be like, <laughs> now, now you've angered me. <laughs> I was just going to steal your stuff, but now I'm upset. All right. Well, I talked about Robux and now we're here. So... So if you've ever bought Robux before, they might be stealing your uh, your credit card data from that. So Daddy Robux. Daddy Robux. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're getting off track again, which again is of course just how we like it here. And if you're enjoying Technado and all the little tangents that we go on. I encourage you to uh, maybe subscribe if you don't want to miss any of the future episodes and check out some of the other things that we've got uh, on the IT Pro channel. We've got uh, ACI Learning's live webinars and social events that live there. We had one last week. Uh, Daniel did a All Things Cybersecurity webinar with Mr. Jason Downey. And uh, it sounds like that was a pretty good time. I wasn't present for it. It sounds like you had a good time. Oh, yeah. You you missed a good show. It rocked. It rocked hard. He, he was amazing. So we 
we did uh this was the first time we did a, a a real rapid fire section where we just went through as many questions as we could in five yeah, minutes like lightning round and, yeah we gave jason 30 seconds to answer every question and he was like a robot man like <laughs> he would answer that question well and he, the la, like the last period was right on that 30 tick just about every time it was crazy to watch wow yeah he was he was super good guest and um i look forward to hanging out with jason more this is what we get when we have AI guests on our show. They're they're very productive and yeah. very efficient. You know, wow. it's, <laughs> it's a benefit. We've, we've talked about that every webinar for like yeah. the past three months. Uh, and then also we've got to, some fun stuff coming up next week. We are, of course, still going to have an episode of Technado, but it will be shot in a very special location because the all three of us sitting here will be making our way to South Dakota for Wild West Hack and Fest. You may have noticed Daniel's got his his shirt on from last year's uh, festivities. Yes. He's never taken last it off. Year it was, <laughs> last year it was Back to the Future theme. This year it's X Files. I'm like, oh, oh, is it really? Yeah, you 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 know me so well. Uh, let's not confess. <laughs> they they curate it specifically to, they to Daniel's they, interests. They, they're just like they've got malware all over my devices. They're, <laughs> they're stealing your Minecraft data. Monitoring me. Yeah. <laughs> so so Daniel all three... seems to really like X Files. Let's he... do an X Files. Want want to make him happy? Yeah. So all three of us will be there, uh, and uh, Don won't be with us, unfortunately, but we will be shooting a Technado there. And I don't know. I mean, Ronnie, you've been before too, right? You both I went have. last year. Yes. He, he went last year with me. Yeah, I've okay. been every year. That's yeah. Okay, so he's he's. How long has it been going on? 2016, I think, was the first one. Okay. I thought you were going to say 26 years. Yeah. yeah, 26 Jesus. years. Jesus. Hey, back in That's 90. <laughs> oh, Wild West. Yeah. I can we're in the Wild West. <laughs> we rode horses. To Did you, uh, I mean, obviously you're going again this year, so I assume you enjoyed it. What did you think of it last year? It was great. Uh, being able to meet the people that actually are doing, you know, the actual hacking. Yeah, boots and, on the ground know, kind yeah, of thing. I yeah, I mean, it's really great to actually meet that community and to realize that we have a lot in common with them. We just enjoy the technology, and they are too. They're, they're enjoying learning. Yep. So it's pretty cool. And what's funny is, like, that you might think, oh, this is a hackers' convention, and only only real hackers go to this. Like, no, you can families. be like, I found this interesting, and I yeah, there people that are from every area of the spectrum of I just started getting interested in cybersecurity to I've been doing this for the last thirty years, yeah. and I've I've got like you know, hundred CVEs hanging from my belt. Like these and everywhere in between. So there's plenty of opportunity to mm -hmm. learn from everybody and have a great time. Get your hands on some stuff. They do a lot of hands on things yeah. there. There's a CTF there. There's lock picking there. There's always something cool going on at Wild West Hack and mm -hmm. Fest. There's only usually a handful of vendors, but they're very specific yep. to that space. And then the talks, man. The talks are the creme de la creme yep. of what's going on. And in everybody loves to help you. Yeah, You're, yeah, they, they want to help you. Yeah, do resume building, mm -hmm. like interview practice, yeah. you name it. They have get-togethers, and then just just the fun stuff. Yeah, where they're gonna have like a blues jam or like uh, some sort of like music jam yeah. this year. That this is a first for that, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun things go on in South. And like Deadwood is just a fun little town. I kind of love the idea that there's not an overwhelming amount of vendors there because you can focus on just like meeting other people yes. and getting to know them on like a, right. instead of feeling like oh my God, there's too much going on here. It's not, you know, horribly overwhelming yeah. of like all the, all these different vendors and stuff. So, so I kind of love that idea, but I'm, I, it will be my first year. Um, hopefully not the last and I'll be going with these seasoned experts here, <laughs> not to put too much pressure on you guys, but uh, it's nice because I, if I was going by myself, I'd be horribly stressed and terrified, but I'm kind of like, you know, Ronnie and Daniel got it. They know what they're doing, which yes. maybe I'm wrong to place trust in <laughs> You look confident. You're yeah. not so much. So we'll have to see. But we are. I got leaking. lost in Deadwood. It's only one street. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we'll all be lost together. I, I'm, I feel like I'm like a minor resident of Deadwood at this point because <laughs> I've walked that entire town more times than yeah. I can count. So, so I did too because be I was lost. Yeah. So. He had no choice but to learn it. <laughs> not not on purpose. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I feel like I'm in. Halfway good hands. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm in decent hands. It's going to be a fun time. I know we've been talking about it a lot the past couple months, and now it is finally here. So next week, you have to eat that's at Taco John's. Taco Roll John's. Taco yeah. John's. And they've got like a chuck wagon John's. or something. That's yeah, the chuck, chuck wagon, wagon dinner was the last night. Yeah. Okay. And we'll be there. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's just steak and beans and like, yeah, it's cool. That sounds like right up my alley. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll we'll be there the whole week. If you are going to be there, come find us and, and say hello. Uh, if you if you've signed up to go, I think they just recently sold out like the virtual conference yeah. part of it. So it's it's going to be a big deal. It is a, it's kind of a big the deal. The chess tournament is still open for yeah, me to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, clearly there's some things that I missed that yeah, I don't know. Because we forgot to mention. They have like tons of training going yeah. on as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is true. Um, I, I got the email that had like, here's all the stuff you can sign up for. And yeah. it, it was. It's all phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, every single one I was yeah, like, that was interesting. Like, how do you pick from this? Yeah, exactly. I asked Kathy, I'm like, am I allowed? She's like, yeah. of course you're allowed. So I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, so if you are going to be there, come say hi. That's uh, that's kind of the big thing that we've got going on this month. Of course, it is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I think. It is. So it is fitting that we will be there. Uh, and we're kind of spending the whole month talking about that, doing some stuff. I think we've got some Halloween things maybe coming up. So uh, keep an eye on the social channels and, and see what we've got going on there. Uh, once again, I want to thank our sponsor, ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. And as a reminder, uh, you can click that Sponsored By button if you are watching from the Technito website and use that promo code Technito30 for a discount on your IT Pro membership. Otherwise, if you're not watching from the website, if you're watching from uh, YouTube, we encourage you to leave a comment. Let us know what you thought. Maybe even subscribe and turn on notifications if you really enjoyed this episode. And of course, we've also got uh, folks listening on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we love that you guys are able to, to kind of listen to the audio format and you don't have to look at us. You just have to listen to our voices. So we appreciate you sticking with us uh, through these episodes and uh, and tuning in. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I think that's pretty much going to do it. Thank you, Ronnie, thank for you. joining us and filling in for Don. Big shoes to fill, but yes, great job. No, no pasta Indeed. debacle this week. I'm kind no of disappointed. Pasta, right. It's yeah. rice next Close, time. Yeah. Yeah. There's some cavatappi yeah. outside yeah. the door. Oh, yeah. uh, He's just creeping up. Maybe a chili but, uh, would be good. <laughs> chili. Okay. <laughs> Extra spicy. Yeah. Oh, God. Ronnie, no. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this episode and bearing with us. And we will see you next week for Technado from Deadwood.